You're listening to The Tactical Kitchen. I'm Melody Behrens, certified chef and nutritional therapy practitioner. And I'm Steve Behrens, 21-year special operations veteran and certified personal trainer. Together, we are here to share our experience on the ketogenic lifestyle. Don't forget our disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We're not doctors, and we don't play them on the internet. Now, let's get ready to chew the fat. Mmm, bacon. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Tactical Kitchen Show. It's a rainy day edition. It is. It might thunder and uh, be really loud. We're not sure. No, it'll be spooky. It will. This will be a spooky February show. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Every time it thunders, we'll have to make some spooky sounds. It's not really a Valentine's kind of atmosphere. <laughs> no, it's not. No. I mean, February is that month where, like, Valentine's is thrown in there with red and pink just so you can see color because it's so gray. They're just trying to brighten up the month? I guess. That's what Lewis Black used to say in his uh, comedy routine. Yeah? Yeah, stand-up comedy routine. He would always say, like, February is the grayest month, and you have to cut yourself just to see color, (laughs) you know? And I think today is one of those days. I'm not cutting myself, though. I'll pass out. No. Usually usually the cat cuts me. That's what happens. I know. Her claws are really sharp. Someone needs to trim them. Yes. She's awful. Um, So, hey, let's start off today. We wanted to kind of do something. We wanted to reach out and just say up front, we usually do this at the end, uh, up front that, hey, we really appreciate you guys listening. We wanted you to know that. Yeah, we get a lot of messages on places, mostly Instagram. That's where I get most messages is on Instagram. And a lot of you guys will reach out and just send me a message saying how much you enjoyed the podcast. And I can't even tell you how appreciative we are that you take time to listen to us and that, you know, you then take time to send me a message and say that it meant something to you. That is so special to us. Yeah, and we really appreciate it. And it's really fun for us when people do reach out because you get to build those relationships and, you know, start new friendships. I know. Will you be our Valentine? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, it really is so awesome. And then I get messages where, you know, the carnivore waffle is a thing. So I'll get messages from Especially people with children who are having trouble getting their kids to eat certain foods. And especially when it comes to breakfast, transitioning from cereal. And they'll send me a picture saying that the carnivore waffle is their kid's new favorite. And I love that. Mm. You know, yeah, it's, it's great. And, you know, you brought up Valentine's Day, which I hadn't even thought about it until you said that. We don't really celebrate Valentine's Day because we celebrate it every day. We try to celebrate every day. And Valentine's Day is great if you do and you go out on Valentine's Day and have a dinner or do whatever or buy your, you know, your favorite person some chocolate. Hey, that's great. You know, more power to you. We just try to make every day fun. And so just having one day every once in a while to celebrate is kind of not what we do. Right. You need to make sure it's Lily's chocolate, though, or a super dark chocolate so they can stay keto. <laughs> Just FYI. No, but we do. We, we try to celebrate every day. We don't try to s- just single out the one day. Although it's fun. You know, if you decide to do something, I won't cry. Oh, really? Yeah, really. Okay, good. Yeah, so I'll make sure to, you know. I'll just make sure you have a heart-shaped steak. Yes, that's the most <laughs> important thing right there. Have a heart-shaped steak. It's way better than chocolate. 
It is way better than chocolate. What was it you heard someone say on ESPN this week? They were like talking about they were having a, a thing of having people call in and asking who eats meat every no, day. It was just some radio show, and everybody that came on, they asked him, you know, if they like steak. Yeah, I, I, I missed the genesis of why they were doing that, but that was just something they were doing. And uh, and somebody said, you know, I don't really have that where I look forward to a steak. It's more like I look forward to pizza or pasta. And I was like, what is wrong with you? I know, right? It's crazy because we talked about that. And every time we sit down to a steak, we're like, oh, my gosh. It, we thought we would get bored of this like two years ago, but it's so good. It's just always something to look forward to. And we've been watching this new show. Is it on Netflix? Mm-hmm. That yeah. Lock and Key? Watching some new show, Lock and Key. And in it, in one episode, two of the young guys in high school, they just make it this like passing comment of like, every third day we only eat meat. We feel awesome. <laughs> and I was like, that's so funny that that's kind of making its way into like these TV shows. It, yeah, it's becoming a reference in a show because people do it. And I, my thought was, how, how good do you think you'd feel if you ate meat every day? I know, but they didn't write that into the show. Didn't right. you tell me that was Stephen King's son that wrote that? I read that something? somewhere. I, don't quote me. I can't. Okay, make that. we're I not can't quoting you. you. I can't back that up. <laughs> you don't have all your facts straight. <laughs> so, but we did hear them say that on the show, which was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And that's something we're going to talk about today: is going back to stricter carnivore and a little bit about carnivore for women and some of the issues that pop up that keep. Coming my way, not only in my own life, but messages that I get. Right. So we have kind of transitioned a little more back to a stricter carnivore diet just because, uh, you know, everybody gets kind of complacent over the holidays and does a little more, has a little fun, that, you know, relaxes all the reins, if you will. And then, you know, we're starting pushing, or I am pushing more towards, I'm going to be 50. I've said this before. So I'm pushing towards that. I want to be, you know, right when I hit 50, I want to try to be in really good shape. Yeah. Better than now. What? Is that even It's going to blow my mind. <laughs> so, yeah, we were driving home in the in the car yesterday, and I just looked at you out of the clear blue and said, you're almost 50. <laughs> just, I don't know why. <laughs> and I'm one of those people, I'm not, I don't dread it. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be awesome. Uh, because uh, I want people to see that you can be 50, you can be healthy and fit and do all the things you want to do, and and you shouldn't have this uh, negative connotation with getting older. No, and I posted something about this the other day, not about you being 50, but just that idea of that it's never, ever too late to start something new and to get your health in order. Now, it's a woman who's 70. She started weightlifting at 70, and she's 73 now. And she doesn't eat a ketogenic diet or anything like that, not even remotely. Standard bodybuilder stuff. Yeah. But she's 73, and you should see this woman. She goes under the handle Training with Joan on Instagram. It is ridiculous, the transformation that she made. And ladies, that's one thing. Let's just stop right here. Stop doing cardio like every day, and go grab the weights. Just grab the weights. Let this woman be an inspiration to you that no matter where you're at in life, you can build muscle. Yeah, and, and that's one of the things we want to f- kind of start focusing on that we think is important is is carnivore for women. Yeah. Because guys are, it's way easier to make a guy go carnivore. He, he, he likes it. He does it. He doesn't have any problems with it. For women, it's different, and there's reasons why. There are, and I experienced some of those 
some of those reasons just in my own experience with the carnivore diet, which if you haven't listened to us before, we, back in January of 2018, we went carnivore. Like we started our, went from, we went from paleo to keto for four years or so, and then we started the, with the carnivore diet in January 2020, I mean 2018. And so two years down the road, here we are. Now, Steve stayed pretty strict throughout the whole thing, but me, I've fluctuated a time or two with mine for short periods of time because some things came up. Well, and there's a lot of conflicting information out there when you start, you know, talking about things. You know, a lot of people, you'll hear them say that uh, the thyroid needs carbs. I Mm -hmm. hear that all the time when it pertains to women, that if they have a, a thyroid issue, that they're not eating enough carbohydrates. Right, and we we won't go too deep down into all of the hormonal aspects of it. We're going to talk a little bit about the main question that I get, and here, to just to answer that real quick, no, your thyroid doesn't need carbohydrates to function well, <laughs> just FYI. Um, we'll talk more about that later. But the biggest question or the biggest concern that comes my way is sleep. A lot of times women will get on a carnivore diet They'll do really well for a short period of time or maybe, you know, a few months, whatever. And then all of a sudden, sleep just becomes a nightmare. You can't fall asleep. Mostly it's that people can't fall asleep. They lay down, they get sleepy, but then they lay down to go to sleep. And all of a sudden they've got monkey mind and their heart's racing and they can't fall asleep. And then they get into this insomnia cycle. It's exactly what happened to me. Yeah, and it happens to a lot of people. Right, and I don't know if it happens to men as much. Have you ever had anybody, any guy come and uh, talk have to a, you about that? I have, well, I have a lot of guy, uh, you know, friends that, uh, that we talk about that monkey mind, and a lot of times that's not, not so much more that they're eating a, a carnivore diet and that eventually happens, it's that they eat way too close to bedtime. Yeah, and that's also a, a thing that I had to work on too. That was one of the issues, um, eating too big of a meal right before bed. For me, wasn't beneficial. Um, some people do well on it, I guess, But for women, this seems to be the biggest concern that comes our way is the sleep kind of just going bonkers after a few months. And all of a sudden you have that insomnia cycle and then you feel trapped because you're not getting good sleep. And then what happens when you're not getting good sleep? You start dreading going to bed because you're worried that when you lay down, you're not going to be able to fall asleep. And so it becomes this terrible cycle. That you get into. Yeah, it builds anxiety towards going to bed, and that that does not help, and it's it's really hard to avoid. you know. And that's one of those things where people would just tell you, well, just don't worry about it. It, it ain't that easy. No, it's not, and I've tried that. And, and you know, and I've, I've, I've done a lot of different things with my sleep. I've taken different supplements. I've tried different things. My sleep is working pretty well now. I still have a time or two. Um, once or twice, maybe a month, that it kind of dysregulates a little bit. But I can always, um, I can almost always pinpoint what caused it to happen. <laughs> I mean, I, that's why keeping track of what you do is so important. Like that extra pour over? Oh, sometimes, yeah. It's like an extra <laughs> coffee that, you know, it's the weekend. You don't really keep track as well. Yeah. Or it's that you worked out really hard and maybe you just stressed your body you know, it's so many different things. Yeah, and I noticed that just a couple of weeks ago when we, when we went back to working out and kind of the first couple of days ramped it up with a lot more activity. 
And those couple nights, I had uh, not quite as good a sleep. And it just, you know, that volume of pushing your body hard, uh, it sometimes rests, it becomes more difficult. Right. And there's that whole thing of, um, I know we talk about that with working out, that when you overreach or overtrain, one of the biggest indicators is when your sleep starts to suffer and you're not recovering well. And that's one thing that can happen with women. Um, If you do work out and your diet is dialed in, but you start adding in intense workouts and then suddenly your sleep isn't, isn't, you know, going the way you want it to. Um, There's some things going on here that I've figured out for myself that I want to share with you guys. Yeah. So what happens, right? What, why is the sleep dysregulated? Why does it go from being really good to all of a sudden it just craps out? Well, in my case, I did a lot of research and I started looking at what's happening. What, what is, is it the carnivore diet doing it? Do I need to add carbs? Do I need more fat? Do I need to stop working out, which isn't an option? (laughs) Um, You know, all these different things. Do I, I tried cutting out caffeine. What I've kind of maybe like narrowed it down to is that your liver has so many functions that it has to perform. It's like over 500 you know, functions that it's doing all the it's time. It's a lot. It's doing a little bit of work. And it's a pretty good, good size organ, right? And we look back and we say, okay, carnivore diet, you've taken what out of your diet? You've taken out all processed foods, pretty much, you know, for the most part. Sometimes we eat a little bit of those like processed meat sticks, if you want to call them processed, cured meats or whatever. But yes, you're eating whole foods, all meat, eggs, things like that. Then you've taken out vegetables, so you've taken out all these things that contain oxalates, lectins, uh, phytates, all these different compounds that are found in vegetables that can get stored in your tissue, especially oxalates, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. And then you are maybe, when you start eating meat, maybe you're not eating the right proportion to proteins and fats. And then that's one of the big issues with uh, when you know for a lot of women who've done who've done low fat for many years is number one it's hard for them to kind of conceive eating fat. Right. We've had so many people who've said to us, "I'm eating all meat, but I'm still fat phobic, so I'm eating lean meat." And that's a problem. Right. And that's where you'll feel good for a little bit, and then things will kind of like fall apart because your body has to have that fat. Mm-hmm. So let's get back to that liver. The liver's big. It does a lot of work. Now you've taken out all these inflammatory foods and you're eating meat and your liver is having to do a lot of work because now that since you're not, let's, let's start with this. You're not eating any carbohydrates. So where do the carbohydrates come from? Your body still needs glucose, so it's going to make it. Right. So you're not eating carbs to get glucose into the bloodstream. So now your body still has to make glucose without the eating of carbohydrates. So it has to do that process that all of us in the keto world know as gluconeogenesis. Mm-hmm. You yeah. want to talk about that for a well, second? Well, you know, it's, a lot of you guys have heard about it. You're going to take the non-essential proteins. Uh, they're going to be transferred over to your liver. Your liver is going to turn that into glucose. And, it, and, it, and your liver is, is perfectly capable of making all the glucose your body requires in a day, enough for your brain and enough to refill your glycogen stores, whatever. And that's whatever requirement or tax you're putting on your muscles. That's how much it's going to make. So, you know, if you're not eating carbohydrates, uh, that's why it's important to, you know, get the uh, essential amino acids so you can make all the glucose and glycogen you need for your muscles and your brain. 
Right. So, you know, you're eating this, say you're eating steak and you need to make some glucose for your bloodstream uh, to go to your brain or, you know, you've got to have a little bit for your glycogen stores, things like that. So your body's doing this process, but now it's also filtering out all these toxins because you've taken all of them out of your diet. And as you start losing body fat, a lot of times, especially women, will notice when they when they go on a keto diet or a carnivore diet, either one, they're going to feel really good for a little while. And then you're going to have that day or two where you're just like, this isn't working. I feel terrible. I don't feel good. Is it the diet that you're on? No, it's the diets from the past coming back to haunt us. <laughs> right, because your your liver is is really good at doing what it does, but it, if it hasn't done it for a long time, it's kind of got to relearn those processes. Yeah, so you're detoxing. So your liver's having to work through all those toxins, get them broken down, get them into three ways of getting them out of your body. It's either going to be through urine, through the bile system, that river of bile that then is going to go out and you got to have really good poop. Or you're going to sweat them out. So that's where all these different lifestyle things really come into play. And if you're a carnivore woman that has started experiencing sleep issues, one of the biggest things is you could be detoxing a whole lot of oxalates. And this is some really interesting stuff because I've talked about oxalate dumping before and had that experience where I even had the... And the like hard nodes that came up on one finger that were really painful that I learned later were oxalate deposits in my joints that were clearing out because I'd started a carnivore diet. And how long did this take? Ladies, this took me like six months to get all this cleared up. So be patient. That's a big key factor here is patience. But as your body starts to clear that out, oxalates have this weird thing where they can induce insomnia. Those freaking oxalates. Those freaking oxalates. So as you're processing and trying to get rid of all that junk, if you were a smoothie drinker, those spinach and kale smoothie drinkers for years like I was, you might have a lot of oxalates built up in your tissue. And as you start to break this stuff down on a carnivore diet, you might start experiencing insomnia. And that's one of the, the culprits. That can be one of the reasons why. Yeah. And, and, and that's why, again, we go back to why, why you need a coach. Yeah, a coach is someone who is an observer. You know, they're, it, it's much harder to see what's happening with yourself when you're when you're in it every day. Mm-hmm. But you know, a lot of times you'll describe your situation to someone else, like you, who's you know, a nutritional coach. And it's it's very easy to pick out. I say it's very easy. It's often easier for us to pick out what's going on than it is for people to see it. Well, it's always like that with a third party. That's why people go to a third party when they have a, a you know an issue with each other. Like even people in a marriage situation, they need a third party to be objective. So sometimes that's what you need in your health and wellness is to have a third party or a, you know a set a party that's disconnected from you emotionally like that to be more objective about what you're doing. And, um, you know, we say this about women, but it's also men. You can experience this too. If you start having sleep issues, if you were one of those pounding the protein smoothies every day with spinach and stuff in it, if you're not good at clearing those oxalates daily, then you might have a buildup in your tissue. And as you do this, you could experience an oxalate dump, which Mm -hmm. is, so interesting mm-hmm. because well, it's like the chemical weapon of the plant. 
Yeah, it is totally. And 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 people with gout often experience this. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you know if you've you've got to the point where you've gotten gout, you have a lot of joint issues. And when you go to a keto or, or carnivore diet, you might dump oxalates, and you're going to have more joint issues, you, which you could mistake for gout and not oxalate dumping. Right, because I mean, I'm telling you, my right hand middle finger got an, a a knot on my second joint, my middle joint of the finger, which was so painful that when I would try to do any kind of like physical assessment on somebody with the palpitations that we do in nutritional therapy, I couldn't hardly do them because my finger hurt so bad. (laughs) And so if you're someone that experiences some joint pain after going carnivore, you could, you could be experiencing oxalate dumping which is, you know, something to be keenly aware of. Now, how do you get rid of it? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's going to take time. But you can do some things to start getting the detox action going a little bit more. If you don't exercise, obviously, you want to start doing that. Yeah, you want to you want to sweat. That's one of the, the ways you detox. It's just to get out there right. and, and you know and and that's why exercise is, is is does so many great things because you're exercising, so you're using your your muscles and your cardiovascular system and you're you're releasing those endorphins, but also you're sweating out those toxins. Right. So when we circle back to the gluconeogenesis issue and you're eating carnivore, now you're dumping all these oxalates and you're having to make more glucose on your own versus ingesting it through a carbohydrate. Now you've got your liver under kind of a larger burden than you might normally have had. So now what's happening is your liver is just like, it's like a kid that you threw a whole bunch of math homework at and they you didn't explain to them how to do it and they're like just frozen. They're just stuck, right? <laughs> so, or like one of Steve's guys that he's trying to teach how to swim and they're just like no frame of reference. Nothing, nothing works. My limbs will not coordinate with each other. So maybe your liver's never had to do any of this stuff. So yeah. it's kind of like it has a learning curve and it has to ramp up its activity of A, making bile, especially if you've come from a lower fat diet. And then B, all of those detox issues that you go through when you become carnivore or you take all those inflammatory foods out. And then, you know, you're making glucose on your own. So you've got this little extra work that you've given it to do along with all of its normal tasks. And so this is where sleep starts to suffer Mm -hmm. because your body goes into a little bit of stress. Yeah, it is. And and so I, I think it's important to talk about the gallbladder and the bile because uh, if you don't know, you know, low-fat diets kill your gallbladder. And there's, there's right. reasons for that that Melody can talk about as far as how that happens, you know, your liver making bile to your gallbladder. And then if you eat a low-fat diet, what happens to your gallbladder? So your gallbladder is like the little sack that holds the bile until you eat some fat. And then what happens when you eat fat, it's supposed to get triggered. It's like a little squirt gun, right? Mm -hmm. So it squirts the bile in there, which acts as like a foaming agent, if you want to think of that, like a detergent to break down the fat so it can get into the small intestine and be absorbed. So what happens when you eat low fat? Well, it just sits there for a long time and doesn't get used. And it's just like, say, the oil in your car when it sits there for a long time and it gets really thick and gross. That's what happens to your bile. It gets kind of thick and gross. It should be... The consistency sort of of like olive oil, but if you've ever, you know, once it sits there and gets kind of thick and nasty, it gets kind of the thickness of a really thick paste and like goopy paste. So it won't squeeze out of the gallbladder very easily. 
that's when you get gallstones and that's when you go to the doctor and then the doctor says, well, we'll just take that sucker out. <laughs> yeah. Well, or they blame it on the diet that you're currently eating. Like if you went from a sad diet, you know, standard American diet to a keto or carnivore diet and you start putting that, that, you know, requirement on your a gallbladder to do something, they'll blame the diet for the gallbladder issue when it's not the gallbladder's issue. Yeah, because a lot of you, some of you may have experienced this when you start eating higher fat and you've had a stagnant gallbladder um, for a while, and when you try to utilize it, it hurts. You start getting gall, those gallbladder attacks where it, it's painful. And so a lot of people will say, well, I just can't eat fat because it makes my gallbladder hurt. And so they blame the fat, you know, for the problem. And the problem is, is with a lot of our previous diets, we ate a lot of crappy, no good, not real fats, like the industrial uh, vegetable oils, industrial seed oils, hydrogenated oils, trans fats, all these things that your body doesn't recognize. Yeah. And, and you have to, you know, understand how that makes you feel when your gallbladder doesn't do its job properly and you can't digest your fats. How are you going to feel? Yeah, you're not going to feel good. Most people will get sick and throw up. Yeah. That's usually the, the, the next thing that happens. But, you know, your gallbladder is not making bile. Your gallbladder is holding bile. So your liver is where the magic happens with that. So your liver is making the bile and then sending it to the gallbladder to be stored until you eat fat. So people without a gallbladder oftentimes think they can't eat fat, but they can. They just need to go a little slower at the beginning to let their liver catch up with the production of bile because they're not going to have that instant, you know, squirt gun effect of the bile from the gallbladder like someone with their gallbladder, which is such a shame why so often there are surgeons who are just so gung-ho to take it out. I think it's just a moneymaker. You know, there's way easier to take it out than to talk about why it's happening. Yeah, absolutely. And and a, a doctor who's a surgeon, that's his business. Yeah, surgery at cutting, you open and taking parts out, that's their that's jam. That's what they do. It's just like when you take your car to the mechanic. He, he He's not going to go, nope, your car is fine. I don't want to make any money off you. Beat it. Usually, and I say all mechanics are like this. A lot of them are very honest and good mechanics, of course. But, you know, they're, they're more prone to fix something on your car to not fix it because that's their job and how they make their money. Doctors are the same way. Yeah. So, now where are we going with this? Where are we going where with Where are this? we going with this? So, okay, so we talked about the oxalates. We talked about your liver ramping up its production. So, why? what happens with the sleep? I'll tell you my experience, and I've talked about it before. I would get sleepy on the couch watching a show on TV lay down to go to sleep and then all of a sudden it was like I could go work out I had like my heart would be beating fast um I couldn't shut down my brain I just wouldn't be sleepy and it was so frustrating because you would be asleep <laughs> like no. from the second we closed our you we, like I tried to close my eyes in two seconds he was asleep Hey, that's just the way it is for some people. I know, and I, and it's not always that way, but like it's been that way for a, for a while. I, I remember in the past, prior to being on uh, this diet, having issues with sleep, and uh, that doesn't happen anymore. Right, and for the most part, it had never happened to me until after going carnivore. Which, how easy would it be for me to say a carnivore diet is to blame? For my insomnia issues. Right. Very easy for just to stop right there and go back to eating the way yeah. you were. Stop right there. Go back to paleo. Go back to keto even and start eating sweet potatoes at night. 
and, you know, whatever. So how easy would it be? Well, I have to look back at what my keto diet was and my paleo diet and now versus what my carnivore diet is. And even with keto, I was eating carbohydrates because I was eating a lot of Brussels sprouts and a lot of vegetables. Um, so then when I took all that out, now, you know, obviously you have a little bit of carbohydrate in meat. I think a lot of people don't know that. Yeah, a lot of people assume that if they eat all meat, they're eating a zero-carb diet. Right, but did you know that animals store glycogen in right. their muscle like people? So there's a small amount. Now, it's not granted, it is not any, even probably significant enough to, to even know it, but there is some you know, glucose or carb you get from meat. Well, you know, they studied that in that... Um, uh, Bellevue study of Yo, uh, Wilhelm or Stephenson. Wilhelm or Stephenson. Yeah, I'm tripping all over my words right now. And um, Karsten Anderson, that mm-hmm. was his colleague that his did buddy. the yeah his his meat buddy. His, stop. <laughs> so they did in the study estimate they were eating about I think it was seven to fourteen grams of carbs per day around there. Yeah. But they had nothing but meat, and they stated in the study that the carbohydrates came from the animal proteins. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us don't realize that there is a small amount of carb in animal proteins. So there you go. Nothing to worry about. All yeah. you carb counters, don't freak out. Yeah, don't worry about it. It's nothing. So when you take all these carbs out that you were you know, initially eating... Especially if you were the keto person who was not counting total carbs, but counting net, you might have been eating a lot more carbs than you think. Mm. And now you've gone carnivore. So you have to make that amount of glucose. And the strange thing is that at night when we're asleep, we use the most glucose for repair during the night. And so a lot of times when women go to lay down and they need for that carbohydrate, not carbohydrate, for that glucose, because we want to make the difference there. You don't need carbs. You do need some glucose. Right. They're not the same. And, not the same. And and people will confuse those two in, in nutritional books and diet books and everything. They'll, they'll make those synonymous and they're not. Yeah. And that's so important because no, carbs are not essential at all. They are, they're absolutely non-essential to eat carbohydrates. Do you need glucose? Yeah, you need some. Yes. You need some. You got to have them to make red blood cells. So you need some glucose, but it doesn't have to come from carbohydrates. It can come from these free amino acids, non-essential amino acids in your body. So your body's trying to do that and ramp up this need for that glucose at night that you're not feeding it. And that puts a little bit of stress on the body and you don't have enough glucose. So here's the magic. Here's what happens. This is what I figured out. Your adrenal glands kick on. Why do you get that wired but tired feeling at night when you lay down and you get the heart palpitations or the beating hearts beating fast and rapid, you know, and you can't shut your mind down? Your adrenal glands have kicked on and now you've secreted some, you know, released some epinephrine. Basically, you took you took some crack. <laughs> you know, I mean, you've got you've got some. Ca- it's like taking caffeine um, because your body went into a little bit of stress, and your body's trying to get the the your your adrenal glands are trying to break down some stuff to make some glucose real fast, and that's what happens. Mm-hmm. 
It's really interesting. It is, and and if you and if you also if you're somebody like me who completely stressed out their adrenal glands over a 20 year military career of overstimulating yourself and working out to you know excess, uh, you're gonna have you'll have issues. So if your adrenals are tasked to do something and they're not good at it, it's gonna make it even worse. Right. So and then that comes in with the exercise. So already you're not eating any carbs to make glucose. Mm -hmm. So now your body's having to do it. And then you go out and you either do some long state steady cardio thing where it raises your cortisol levels, or you go out and do HIIT and some sort of hard CrossFit workout and you deplete all your glycogen stores, right? Mm -hmm. So now when you go to bed, you're having to make some extra. Does that mean you have to stop a carnivore diet? Absolutely not. It might mean, A, you either need to eat some more fat and some more protein, or B, just be aware of the time of day that you do your workout. Maybe you need to switch it. If you do it in the evening, maybe you need to do it in the morning so that you have plenty of time during the day to replenish all of that through your diet. Mm -hmm. Now, circling back around, like we talked about in the beginning, where people will tell women they need carbs for for their thyroid or whatever, I think this this, this is where this comes from. I think it is too. So this is what why they're telling them that they need to eat some, and they, and they really tell them, especially to eat it like with an evening meal or before they go to bed. And I have told people this. I've told people to eat some carbohydrates with their evening meal. I've told a lot of women to do this. And is it bad? No. And here's the big thing. A little bit of carbohydrate is not going to make you a bad carnivore person or a bad keto person. There is no carnivore police coming after you because you ate a small amount of sweet potato. Correct. Yeah. Or you put a little honey in some sleepy time tea to help yourself go to sleep. Sometimes that's all it takes is a spo- literally a spoonful of honey. Now, if anybody comes after me for saying this, I'll just like... Whatever, because you don't have to live in these bodies that can't sleep. And this goes way back to when we talk about everybody is an individual and what works for one person might not work for the other. So usually what happens is you have this one person telling you, no, you don't need it. I never need it. You don't need it. They're not you. Okay. And they don't know, always know exactly what you need. And that's why you have to experiment. That's why you have to research. That's why you have to get different points of view to understand what and might or might not work for you. So when someone tells you you can't do something or you shouldn't or, or you know, it works for me, oftentimes the advice you're getting is what works for them, not what might work for you. So, and here, here's the thing. Once you go carnivore and you do, ex- if you do experience this and you get into that, that cycle where you can't fall asleep and you break down and you're like, well, I'm just going to, I mean, I've had people who've told me, I'm just going to take some drugs, man. I'm just, I'm ready to, <laughs> and I was at the point where I was like, I'm ready to crack out the bottle of whiskey and just drink myself to sleep. I am miserable. <laughs> so adding a spoonful of honey to some tea really in the scope of things is not a big deal. What? That's better than the Jack? It is better than the Jack. It's better than the Ambien. It's better than any kind of sleep medication or, you know, drinking some NyQuil because you can't go to sleep. All these things are terrible. So if you are carnivore and you're having trouble with that sleep cycle, it could be that you need just a little bit of carbohydrate and in that evening meal. Maybe it's just a spoonful of honey and some, like, relaxing tea. This is why I I say this, because this is what works for me. Um, 
we're not even going to get into the controversy of is honey actually an animal food or whatever. It's very natural food. Mm-hmm. Let's just leave it at that. It's 100% natural. Um, putting that in a little bit of honey or hot water and lemon and sipping on that before bed is relaxing. And it's a hundred times better to be able to do something like that for yourself and relax and be able to fall off and drift off to sleep and get that good repair than it is to say, no, I'm carnivore. I can't do that. And put that limitation on yourself. And that's what I've seen a lot within my section of carnivore with women is that we get a lot of, there's a lot of flack given if you ask this question about adding in a little carb. And I'm here just saying it's okay. You have to live in your body and you need the sleep and you need the repair. And this has come up so many times in conversations on Instagram, private messages with me that I wanted, really wanted to address it. Um, and the reason why this happens, I feel like, and I'm not a doctor, is that your liver is just under a lot of burden and it kicks over to the adrenal glands. And if you just have that little carb to give yourself a bump, we'll take fish oil, we'll take, <laughs> it sounds like drugs, doesn't bu- it? I just need a little bump. I need a little bump. <laughs> but people will take fish oil, they'll take all kinds of supplements, but the, look at this as a supplement. You're supplementing something that's struggling, and it's okay Mm -hmm. to let your liver have this time to kind of process and get ramped up and more in shape. It's, you know, it's got to get in shape, too. Yeah, giving your liver a workout. Yeah. And and it's true because, like you said earlier, you know, it it was not used to doing a lot of these things that, that now it has to do. So... Uh, it might not work great at first, and it and you know you might not might not have uh, a great sleep, or or you you might get maybe nauseous if you eat fat initially. You just have to know that that could be the thing. And again, all circles back to that's why it helps to have a coach. Yes, it does. And you know, I mean, we talk about that a lot. We we have mentioned that we are still accepting clients on our um, in our programs. Uh, we do one on one consults and you can find all that information on our website thetacticalkitchen.com um, we do have a couple of other things that we want to talk about real quick but let's just sum this up for carnivore for women and sleep issues that you know if you have an issue and you want to dive into this further um, I'm here for you I am I'm here for you send me a message we'll set up a consult we'll talk about it yeah absolutely uh, do you want to talk about the uh Cookies? Yes. Okay, so this is not carnivore. (laughs) What a weird thing. But it's cookies. But it's cookies. So (laughs) I was contacted by this company called Ketonia, and it's a mother and son Mm -hmm. who started this baking company, and they just make two things. I think they make a chocolate chip cookie and a coconut macaroon. And so... They did this because the mom got on keto and she lost a whole bunch of weight. And then she was, like me, a French pastry chef. And she wanted to continue to do something in that vein and started making these coconut macaroons and stuff for friends. And I think the business just kind of grew. And they're trying to get started. And they reached out to us and sent us a couple of uh, bags of samples. So now we got these cookies (laughs) while we're trying to go stricter carnivore. Yeah, yeah. that whole strict carnivore thing we talked about, well, you know. Well, whatever. (laughs) But they are totally keto. And we tried one that was not 
carnivore, but we did try one. They're they're very good if you're looking for something sweet. We're going to put a link in our show notes where you can go and order those. Yeah. And it was so sweet of Jerry and John to send us those samples from Catonia. We really appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, that, and that's one of the great things about being in, in this this circle of, of keto carnivore. You know, they're making ketogenic baked goods. That's know, that's her and, goal. And they're a mother son team. It's yeah. so sweet. And and so we we tried them. They were good. Yeah, they were good. You need to be. A, they were coconut macaroons. Yeah. Right. I'm saying With that. Chocolate right. chips in them. Yeah. So they were. They were good, and if you're a keto person and you're just looking for a little bit of uh, you know sweet snack to have that's not going to kick you out of ketosis that you you know you know won't do that, then this is one of those great options that are out there. Yeah, real easy. We're going to put the link. You can, you're going to be able to get them uh, just sent right to your door. So yeah. easy. Do that. Add it yeah. to your repertoire yeah. of foods. Um, last thing that I just thought oh, of. Oh God! Uh, yeah. That happened this week uh, in the in the news ish is uh is everybody. If you're in keto carnivore or mainly carnivore, you've heard Jordan Peterson and Michaela Peterson. Well, there was a story that Jordan Peterson was uh, in in the hospital in Russia. I know. And that he was having issues, uh, addiction issues. And it turns out he was uh, he was addicted to uh, benzodiazepines. Yeah. Which is which is weird. I you know I've never heard of it, but knocked out. I'm you know doing a lot of research on that, but uh, it's just crazy that that he left the states to go to Russia to get treatment. Well, you know, I, I honestly, I've never had a prescription for this and or anything like that. But I know that it's um, it's given to people for anxiety, depression, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very addictive, and it's supposed to be used for short periods of time. And it's because it's very addictive. Then the reason why he's hospitalized is because one of the key things is when you start to withdraw from it, the withdrawals are so severe. Mm -hmm. And anyway, I know that his daughter has put out a YouTube video concerning it and you can go find that on their channel on YouTube. But you know, he's one of us, he's one of our carnivore people. And it was just really, really terrible to hear that he was going through something like that. And this just goes to show no matter what you eat, you can still have problems right? Uh, and uh, issues. His, it doesn't, uh, it's not, carnivore is not a magic wand that yeah. takes everything away. I think his, uh, his wife was uh, going through cancer. She, yeah, and, and she's recovered. And so this was uh, uh, part of that. And I think he was taking it during that issue because, you know, he's a public figure. And even though someone, uh, if you, you see them, you know, externally, they might look just fine. Often people who are in the public eye have a lot of stress because you get a lot of flack from all different areas. And even though, you know, he's supposed to be a really smart, you know, uh, great guy. Again, like Melody said, that that mean that doesn't mean you're oblivious from from having issues. No, and I know that they embarked on the carnivore diet because both he and his daughter, from different health issues, one of his being like depression, mm-hmm. and um, so it's just one of those things that we always want to remind ourselves that no matter how we eat, you know, it's it's not something that's going to magically make every single problem you have go away. Um, there's always stuff that, you know, in life that's going to be hard, no matter your diet, (laughs) it's just, you know, diets, diets great. And it's, it's one aspect of, of our overall health. It's like the foundation for sure. Correct. It is the foundation because it's the foundation for all those neurotransmitters. We know all of that, but 
there are other outside factors like this medication being super addictive because it actually changes the brain chemical makeup, which is, you know... Which is scary. Yeah. And so that's the big problem is that it changes the way that the brain actually works. And uh, that's, you know, that's something... If you know someone that, or you yourself, you uses one of these drugs, be very careful. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 the reason I bring this all up is because you know he's one of the people in the carnivore world now that's going to open the door for people to go look. This diet doesn't work. He got addicted. All that you know, just shut out that. That's just noise. Because yeah. because you know, Melody said, no matter what you eat, you still have to have a healthy lifestyle. You still have to have healthy relationships. You still have to have healthy daily practices. All those things go into uh, being overall happy with your life. Yeah. And, you know, and sometimes something that that may have been a long time before starting carnivore and then knowing how addictive that those medications are, you know, it's just one of those things that's very hard to 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 get over. Yeah. Well, we hope he does well. I uh, hope he gets better. I mean, I'm sure he will. But... You know, I thought it was something interesting to talk about. Yeah, you can go find out more. You can hear it from basically their mouths on yeah. YouTube. Yep. So don't listen to us about it. No, no, we're just we're, gossipers. We're, we're just gossiping. We're just right stirring now. the pot right now. That's yeah. all we're doing. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, well, I think that wraps it up. You know, it is uh, a great podcast. And once again, we want to say how much we appreciate everybody out there tuning in and listening. We hope you have a great day. Go out there, eat fat, and prosper. Thanks for listening to The Tactical Kitchen. Hit subscribe and leave us a review. Don't forget to send your questions to btkquestions at gmail.com and visit our website, thetacticalkitchen.com.